I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Koala nut extract. Koala nut extract does not sound good. <laughs> hey everybody, we are on our first ever episode of... Hello. Me, you... And a poltergeist. You, me, and a poltergeist. You, me, and a poltergeist. We've got the name the wrong. Name right. First episode and we are getting the name <laughs> wrong. And we are drinking some old-fashioned Pepsi. 1893. With koala nut extract, which... And has real ginger and sparkling water. And koala cum. And koala nut extract. <laughs> <laughs> Ew! Oh, you didn't, under- you didn't hear what I said? <laughs> get it. Oh my god, this podcast is off to a <laughs> roaring start. So, anyways, this podcast <laughs> is pretty much us talking about paranormal things, Just right? paranormal shit in general. Paranormal Just anything. Shit. You know, um, there's a movie. What's like The Exorcist? foreshadowing there and there is like a true story behind it we will cover that true story but uh we're both pretty hilarious people at least i think so (laughs) (laughs) so we like have that bit of comedic relief just to break up the tension and you know sometimes things can get creepy and you need a bit of comedic relief I guess what you're trying to say is we're not going to be too serious about we're definitely what we're not going to be too serious. <laughs> what we're this started about. off with me testing a Pepsi and koala nut and koala nut extract. So I think what the people want oh, to know is oh, it's not koala. It's it, oh, it's cola. It doesn't have the extra a in it. Okay, <laughs> it's K O L A, not koala. <laughs> K-O-A-L-A. Oh my god. So, do you believe in ghosts? Dublin ghosts, 110%. 110%. Yeah, I'm probably at 90. You're at 90? To fill up that other 10% you're taking Okay, I was going to say, you've had more paranormal experiences than I have. I have, and in case people listening do not believe in ghosts, that's fine. Absolutely fine, but you've come to the wrong fucking place. Yeah, and we are making ourselves look crazy now, so please don't judge us. I'm very sensitive. Like we were talking about, though, we are going to be talking about something paranormal today, are we not? Great segue. Yes, we are. I thought it would be fun to do, as I foreshadowed before, the true story behind the exorcist, which is the exorcism of Roland Doe. Roland. Roland. Wow. Not Ronald, as I kept (laughs) typing throughout this whole thing, and I kept saying in my head. Are you aware that I've never seen The Exorcist? You've never seen The Exorcist. <laughs> Does that trouble this episode a little it bit? It troubles anyone watching, uh, listening, if they haven't seen The Exorcist, because the facts that I tell, you've had to have seen The Exorcist to kind of know. Right. So, I don't know anything. I will try and explain. All right, that's perfect then. But, pause the episode, go watch The Exorcist. It's on Netflix right now. Come back, 
and listen so you can hear the creepy facts that I've got about it. Do we need to give out a spoiler warning for movies that have been released about 40 years ago? Or? Fuck no. Yeah, no, this movie was made in 1973, and I'm assuming you're definitely over the age of 20 if you're listening to this, because I don't know anyone under the age of 20. Elsha. Uh, well, Elsha, if you're listening to this, no, you're 13. <laughs> Go away. Could make some slime or some shit. <laughs> um, no, the movie was made in 1973, so no spoiler warning here. You should have fucking seen it by now. In, in spite of the fact I have not seen this movie, I pretty much know everything about it. Because I told you. Yes. And also and because the internet. The internet. Mainly the internet. Mainly the internet. I've seen Scary Movie 2. Yeah, if you've seen Scary Movie 2, you've seen The Exorcist. Right. Pretty Just much. Just like a vomit war? It, yeah. Is that essentially the exorcist? She pees on the ground. She pees true. on the ground? Yeah. At the start of the movie, <laughs> she does. She pees on the ground. Just like in Scary Movie 2, except the mother doesn't rub her face into it. She's an actual <laughs> caring mother who goes <laughs> and gives her a bath. I wouldn't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether I'd be caring of a child that I was related to or... What's the father related of? What's <laughs> yeah, the father of? <laughs> Peed on the ground in front of me. Was she completely aware during this scene of? She comes out and goes, "You're all going to die." And then, and then pees just on pees the ground. on the ground. Okay. And everyone's like shook because it's a party. They're singing songs on the piano. Not shake your ass. Show me what you're working <laughs> with. <laughs> but like you know, a song from the seventies or sixties. Yeah. And yeah, and then the mum's like, oh dear reagan are you okay and then like just whisks her off to the bathroom and gives her a bath and puts her to bed and then calls a house doctor because oh no she's sick no she's possessed she's sick. Right. yeah but she's possessed where she starts getting possessed in the movie the 1973 movie is actually based off of the 1971 book the exorcist by william peter blatty um he also wrote the screenplay for the movie as well as produced it alongside noel marshall and they also william fredkin directed the movie as well so if you know any of those names there you go i don't so on the set of the movie a lot of weird things happen and in parentheses here i was like props brought on by the real demon pazuzu um <laughs> pazuzu which by the way is not a scary name it sounds like a fucking genie. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote it down. Will Smith in that new movie. I hear his name is going. Pazuzu. I literally wrote here, I am the great Pazuzu. I will grant you three wishes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> is that your joke you wanted to tell That's my joke. Me? I've been wanting, I told Miffy, she thought it was funny. So I was like, fuck yeah, it's a great joke. If Miffy thinks it's funny. Pazuzu's not a scary name. It I feel funny. like that's a dish you'd get like a. Oh, like some weird wit- Some Indian foreign restaurant. Res- oh, no. Tikka masala. So, Pazuzu. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a kind of bread. Pazuzu bread. Pazuzu. Yeah, Pazuzu bread. Yeah. Really don't eat it, though. You could get possessed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> May cause urination on the floor. <laughs> 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 what are what are some of these things that happened um, to the cast? So ultimately, the set was considered to be haunted and cursed. Over the course of filming, nine people died. Were they from the cast? They itself? were people that were working on the okay. movie as well. So like there crew. was yeah, cast and crew. Right. And weird things also happened to crews family like just unexplainably weird like the voice of the demon pazuzu her son got hit by a motorbike and almost died but like 
How do you get hit by a motorbike? <laughs> it's, pretty much, fucking, yeah. it's pretty fucking easy to dodge a motorbike. How much motorbike. space does a motorbike take up <laughs> like, like horizontally? Either one of you could have just swerved. You could like, step He about could have a literally foot stepped over away. and the motorbike could have just gone, oh, yeah, you know. Oh. <laughs> they can't see me go, oh. I but think Pazuzu was riding that bike. Pazuzu was riding the bike. 100%. Pazuzu's like, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 I'm like, get you, bitch. But yeah, uh, the, one of the creepiest, or two of the creepiest deaths that I thought were interesting, I guess, were two of the cast members because their characters actually die in the movie. And these two died before the movie was released. Really? Yes. How did they die? So I don't know how they died. I wanted to. I wanted to research it. I'm sure we can speculate. Or I can research <laughs> that right now. I wanted to research how they died, but I thought it would be a little bit disrespectful. Okay, let's see. <laughs> so it's the person that listens to a true crime podcast. is like, tell me all the details. Um, so the actor Jack McGowran, if that's how you say it, who played Burke Dennings, the director of the movie that's being made in the movie, he died... And Vasiliki Meliaros, I think I've said that, said that right. She was a Greek woman. Um, she was Karas's mother. So one of her most memorable scenes is where she is in Reagan's bed in place of Reagan when they're doing one of the exorcisms. Mm. Jason Miller played Father Damien Karas, who was obviously her son in the movie. And um, she dies. In and real he, life. He, well, she dies in the movie oh. and in real life. But oh, wow. She dies in the movie and he's he feels very guilty because he wasn't there or he couldn't help her. Yeah, she's sitting in Reagan's bed and she's like, you killed me. You could have prevented this. So it was like the demon was taunting him. Oh. Um, but the that woman, she passed away before the movie was released as well, as well as Jack McGowan. That's creepy. Yeah. Have you found anything? Uh, I've found Jack McGowan, one of Ireland's foremost actors... And a renowned interpreter of the works of Samuel Beckett and Sean O'Casey. I thought I said Sean Connery. For oh, this is this is like a a newspaper from Ireland. Mm. Died yesterday at Algonquin Hotel, where he'd been living while appearing in the current production of O'Casey's *The Plough and the Stars*. He had become ill with the flu. How how do you die from the flu? And Even in 1973, how do you die from the flu? I'd done my research on Pazuzu, and he is the demon of plagues or something like that. Well, there you go. That so it's pretty it, fitting that old Jack McGarren dies of the flu. Yeah. Like, come on, who dies of the flu? Who dies of the That's flu? That's that Pazuzu flu. I <laughs> had the flu once. Yeah, got that Pazuzu Did flu. Did I die? No. no. Yeah, you're right. It's not Pazuzu flu. Exactly. Then you get from eating bread. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Valsiliki, she, I think she just died of like a, a heart attack or something. Oh, really? But she was like in really good health. Let's see. Let's see. What have you got there? Oh, no, actor Jack McGarren died of a heart attack related to a case Based of, of the, the flu. flu. Also died from natural causes. Natural causes at age 89. <laughs> Vasiliki. She was old. <laughs> Let's call her Vas because her name okay. is intense. Let's call her Vazzy. So, Vaz, you died. <laughs> We're talking out. to you, Vaz, now. Get me, Vaz. Um, please don't. We'll get some stage. Vaz is turning in her 
her grave right now. rolling around. She's like, Wrong. shut the fuck up. You're pronouncing my name wrong. <laughs> you fell asleep halfway looking. through the movie the other day anyway. You did missed you? my part. Yeah, I did. I had a migraine. Isn't it like the... Was it caused by Pazuzu? Probably. I didn't have it until I was watching the movie. Damn. Cause and effect. Oh, there's a fly. Pazuzu's plague. Have y'all seen Scary Movie 2? <laughs> it's like flies all in the fucking toilet. <laughs> so speaking of toilets, <laughs> what else happened on the set? Of- <laughs> <laughs> That's not a thing. So the second like super creepy thing I thought was very creepy. The whole set caught on fire, destroying what was supposed to be the McNeil's home. McNeil is the last name of the mother and daughter. Yep. For those who have not seen The Exorcist. So yeah, that the whole set that was supposed to be McNeil's home burnt down. But Reagan's room was left unharmed. Oh, the, oh. Where all the possession scenes take place. That's creepy. I got some goosebumps <laughs> out here. So it took them a little while to find out why it all caught on fire. It was a pigeon in one of the circuit boxes. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but it was still, like, Reagan's room didn't get touched, though. You, you know, know what like, they it say? It did not burn at all. It was pristine. Pigeons are the rats of the sky. Rats are a plague. Pazuzu. Pazuzu. <laughs> Everything leads back to Pazuzu. This is math. Simple math. I'm going to do one of those like Instagram things and put Pazuzu's face and just be like, uh, James Charles. <laughs> but moving on, speaking of the McNeils, Ellen Burstyn, who played Chris McNeil, which was Reagan's mother, yeah. she was injured during a scene where possessed Reagan throws her at a wall. The take was used in the film because her blood-curdling scream... Um, she let out is so genuine. Wow. She actually injured her back. She has a spinal injury that still bothers her to, to this day. So did the girl who was playing Reagan? Linda Blair. Linda. Did Linda just give old love a really hard push and like break <laughs> her spine? I think, you know, they. she was on a mechanism to throw it into the oh. wall. But I don't think it was supposed to throw her into the wall right. that hard. I but see. it threw her into the wall that hard that she got a spinal injury from it. Okay. So the scream you hear in the movie, that's her actual fuck, I'm in pain scream. Like, she actually got fucking hurt. As well as Reagan. uh, Not Reagan. Well, Linda, who plays Reagan. She, in one of the scenes um, where the bed was rocking, she got thrown out of the bed and also hurt her back. You know, I don't think... A lot of spinal injuries. um the set is cursed necessarily as much as it's really as it was poor 1973. production quality. <laughs> like the stunt guys are just like hoisting old ladies and they're like, no, nah, we're not going to get you a stunt double. You can do it. You'll be right. Hey, 12 year old Linda Blair, get in the bed. We're going to throw you out. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably why it's hard the to puppy. find a 12 year old stunt woman at actually. I think she was 13. No, oh, well. There we oh, go. there we go. She's in her prime. 13 years Her prime. Her prime <laughs> stunt, if you're listening, you're in your prime. Woman. There we go. <laughs> Isolating our international <laughs> listeners, which we don't have yet, by saying Elsha's name. <laughs> That's my niece, by the way. I don't think this is a creepy thing, but it's a, I think it's a really interesting point that people are just crazy. Additionally, after the release of the film, Linda received so many death threats that the studio had to hire bodyguards to escort her for six months because people believed that she glorified like demonic possession, Satan in general, like satanic rituals and everything. They thought she's like making it a thing. Like Christian extremists that are just like... Probably. 
And they're like, we're going to fucking kill you because you played this possessed little girl in a movie so you could get your big break. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I couldn't even play Grand Theft Auto 1 without... I can remember when I was a child uh, that I couldn't even play Grand Theft Auto 1 at my friend's house without his mum saying, you shouldn't be playing that. That's probably got demon possession or something like that. Really? Well, it was, yeah, it was one of my, you know, little churchy friends. you do run over prostitutes. (laughs) Sorry, they're sex workers now. Sex workers. Going to be politically I don't think there was that element to the game in Grand Theft Auto 1. No, not number one. (laughs) No. My last little fact, I guess, which probably creeped me out the most when I was researching it, because I didn't know, I didn't actually know this one until I researched it, and, like, I had just recently watched the film as well, so now I'm just fucking freaked out. I've been watching children's movies, trying to get Pazuzu out of here. I have a sniffly nose. This could be the start of something. Exactly. We don't know. What kind of bread you been eating? Is it bread? Oh. It was on special at Woolies. But yeah. So many believe the actual film was cursed and that playing it through a projector was an invitation for demonic possession. Wow. The televisionalist Billy Graham stated there is a power of evil in the film in the fabric of the film itself. And now it's on Netflix. And now it's on Netflix for everyone to just project through a projector. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a seance. But available worldwide. Absolutely. And you pay $9.99 a minimum a month for it. (laughs) When it was first released, the film was banned in every Middle Eastern country but Lebanon. The re-release was banned in Lebanon, though. I don't know why, but I'm like... (laughs) What the hell? But when you watch the movie, the the first few scenes, you're like, how is this the fucking exorcist? Because it's one of the priests. He's... Well, the main priest. He's in the Middle East digging and, like, archaeology and stuff and finds... The Pazuzu statue. Is it... What's it look like? Um... Is it like bird wings? Yeah. 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 And he's all like... Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Classic Pazuzu. With the claws. Yep. And the teeth and... Uh, yep. The tongue out. Alright, so speaking of other countries, during the Roman premiere, audience had to fight their way through a torrential downpour accompanied by thunder and lightning to get into the theatre. Wow. Many inside claimed to hear a horrific, almost demonic cry coming from outside once the film started rolling. At one showing, a woman was so frightened, she passed out in the theatre and broke her jaw when she fell. She later sued the filmmakers, suggesting that subliminal messages caused the accident. One brother settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. Really? But, yeah. But, they settled out of court? Yeah. But the, the movie literally does show a flash oh. of a demon, which is supposed to be Pazuzu. So it does actually show subliminal messaging. Right. So that's why they would have settled out of court. Because it actually does. Okay. It does have subliminal messages in it. Yeah. That's cool. And originally the movie was X-rated. They had to, because there's a lot of like orgy kind of sexual (laughs) stuff written in the book. And obviously when they transferred it, not transferred it, um, converted it, I guess, into a screenplay. He left all that in. And they were like, yeah, we've got to take all this out because that's X-rated. And even though they took out all that, still R-rating to this day. Mm. So it's very creepy. Fun fact about Pazuzu. Not only is he (laughs) the god of plagues, he is also the god of the wind. And in one instance, I believe, in one sort of... Uh, type of mythology is also the god of yeah wind and uh, 
I believe storms and things like that, mm-hmm. which would be interesting, as you said, the storm and the downpour. That would explain their um, concern for sure. If Pazuzu was real, uh, not. which he Anger is, the demons right. <laughs> that we are yeah. speaking about and possibly inviting into our home. Yeah. If you die of a heart attack Wait, in the what next the hell? few days from the hey, flu, chill out. <laughs> I'm blaming your own self. No. Pazuzu's over in the corner, just like, I want to hear what these people have to say about me. And then you're here just dissing him. I can't eat bread. You can't eat bread? It's okay, they do gluten-free. Gluten-free Pazuzu bread? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just put corn flour in it instead. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Should we get on with the real story? The The real story? The real story. Of Roland Doe? Of Roland Doe. Please. Not Ronald. Rolling. Do you want another Pazuzu fact before we start this? Yes. Pazuzu fact. <laughs> Pazuzu is the name of Professor Farnsworth's pet gargoyle in the Futurama <gasps> it series. It is too. I thought I'd heard that somewhere. I was like, Pazuzu, that sounds familiar. Exactly. I fucking love Futurama. Yep. All right. So in the late 1940s in the United States, priests of the Roman Catholic Church performed a series of exorcisms on an anonymous boy documented under the pseudonym, which, by the way, this was the first time I've seen pseudonym written down. Really? Yeah. It took me forever. <laughs> Longer than I'm proud of. <laughs> to think you of to work out how, how to say it. I did, I'm on the internet, right? I could have just popped that into Google Translate or, like, you know, have Google say it. Back. Google Talk. Yeah. Whatever it's called. Whatever it is. And um, I didn't. I sat there going, pursue... So... Um, he went under the pseudonym Roland Doe or Robbie Mannheim. The 14-year-old boy, born circa 1935, was the alleged victim of a demonic possession. The events were recorded by the attending priest, Raymond J. Bishop. In mid-1949, several newspaper articles printed anonymous reports of an alleged possession and exorcism. The source of these reports is thought to be the family's former pastor. Pastor? Pastor? Pastor. Pastor. Pastor? Pastor. Sounds too Italian. Um, <laughs> Luther Miles Schultz. He's Catholic. According to one account, a total of 48 people witnessed the exorcism. Nine being Jesuit priest Father Walter H. Halloran was one of the last surviving witnesses of the events and participated in the exorcism. A diary by attending priest Father J. Bishop detailed the exorcism performed um, on Roland Doe, a.k.a. Robbie, author of Possessed the true story of an exorcism by Thomas B. Allen talks about this case and states that definitive proof that Robbie was possessed by malvolent spirits is unattainable. Maybe he instead suffered from mental illness or sexual abuse or fabricated the entire experience. Mr. fucking Buzzkill. I feel like fabricating an experience like that is a surefire way to get your name in the history books. Um, 100%. He's, he's done pretty well for himself. Yeah. He was 14 years old. He has a movie about him. His book? Movie? A book. There's even more... Um, We're talking about him right now, which is probably the highlight of his life. There's a movie made in the 2000s called Possessed, 
which is said to be a closer story to the actual Thomas Bat-Banks? B. Allen's book. Oh, really? About the whole Was Thomas whole B. Thing. Allen's book factual or was it more a fiction tale? It, it's factual. Okay. So it's not inspired by, like, The Exorcist, but it's, like, the factual, this is what happened and here's my view on it. Wow. Yeah. There was also a documentary made of the case um, called In the Grip of Evil, and another documentary made in 2010, The Haunted Boy, The Secret Diary of the Exorcist, where a group of investigators travelled to the locations in question and covered the diary that is said to be kept by William S. Bowden, who you will find out who he is soon. Because they, they wrote it all down. They, they kept... Oh, the priests. The, 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 the priests. priests. The priests. Um... They wrote all the, the exorcisms down and, like, what happened and all the details and so forth. According to um, Alan, Father Halloran also expressed his scepticism about potential paranormal events before his death. So he didn't really believe in much of it. Right. But it was he, he was the one who... But did. he was the one there that performed the exorcisms so and witnessed it all. Now he would he would have believed in it then. Maybe he, he doesn't dead? believe he's dead now. Yeah. Rest in peace, Alan. Goodbye. No, not Alan. Halloran. Close enough. When Halloran was asked in an interview to make a statement on whether the boy had been possessed, he said, "No, I can't go on record. I never made an absolute statement about the things because I didn't feel I was qualified." Though he was a fucking priest. I feel like you have to go through special training to become someone that can exercise a spirit from someone. I feel like he is the only person in the world the qualified. F- <laughs> qualified to be like, mm, definitely possessed. <laughs> it was American, maybe it was... American, that's how he sounded. Definitely possessed, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I would love, like, in my head... Being someone who exercises, like, demons and spirits from someone seems really cool. Like, I'm wearing, like, a big black trench coat. I, like, open it up and it's, like, crosses and, like, holy water and shit. You'd probably be wearing a priest outfit. Yeah, I'd probably with be a little, <laughs> with a bar collar. But, like, your collar is, like, it says something cool on it. Like, the little white tab has something cool on it. <laughs> what I, don't know. I don't know. Exercise. Exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus rules across his knuckles, even though that doesn't fit. No, it doesn't fit. You get on your thumbs, so... Get, yeah, just get on the inside of your thumbs. So let's just jump into the early life of Roland. Um, he was born in a German Lutheran family. During the 40s, the family lived in Cottage City in Maryland, USA, because that's where it all took place. So Roland was an only child and depended upon the adults in his household for playmates, primarily... His Aunt Harriet. Guess what his fucking aunt introduced him to? What? A Ouija board. A Ouija board. She was a spiritualist. I was about to ask, how did this poor child get into contact with Pazuzu? Fucking Aunt Harriet. Aunt Harriet Aunt Harriet, honestly. For those who don't know, spiritualism is a religious movement based on the belief of the spirits of the dead that they exist and have both the ability and the inclination to communicate with the living. So it's like psychic mediums, stuff like that. Pretty much, but you're like, it's my religion. Their religion is being a psychic. It's being a spiritualist. A spiritualist. Is that your spiritualist voice? 
when you sign up, you get a Ouija board. A Ouija board. Yeah, that's part of your communion. That's how you communicate with... Just everyone. Your God. In general, yeah. Do they have a God, or is their God just spirits? I think their God is, like, the normal God, but they, like, also have ghosts. All the weird shit started happening after Aunt Harriet's death. Of course. The death. After she died. I'm pretty sure she died of natural causes. I mean, No. This isn't Aunt Harriet's time. This is Roland's time. I did not search her. I was like, fuck this bitch. I mean, she already Roland, brought a Ouija board into all yeah, of this. Roland it's already got her fucked fault. over by Aunt Harriet. So she doesn't need her 15 minutes. She's had her five minutes. <laughs> so we're mortal enemies now of Aunt Harriet. <laughs> she fucked over this poor boy. We're calling life. you out, Aunt Harriet. It's all your fault, Aunt Harriet. After her death, the family experienced strange noises, furniture moving on its own, ordinary objects such as bases flying or levitating when the boy was near. Sounds like he became a psychic medium. Sounds like he was possessed. Because the family turned to their Lutheran pastor, Luther Miles Schultz, for help with this all. He was interested in parapsychology which is the study of paranormal and psychic phenomenon, obviously. Um, Schultz arranged for the boy to spend the night in his home to observe him. Oh, my God. Bit of a red flag. Wait. <laughs> this kid's out <having> rough. <laughs> Do you remember when Thomas B. Allen was like, or it could be a sign of sexual abuse? Oh. And, he, and this priest has just gone, yeah, the aunt? Just come over my house for the, for the <laughs> night. I just want to see what happens. Oh. Like, come on. And, of course, the parents are like, yeah, take him, because it's the 1940s. I need to tie him to the bed for an exorcism. Yeah. <laughs> this is getting dark. <laughs> Talking about paranormal shit. Yeah, but there's, there's more there's, darkness there's... in real life stuff. I don't... I'm not saying anything about Schultz. Okay. I'm not saying he did anything to this poor boy. But Schultz did claim that he witnessed household objects and furniture seemingly moving by themselves and Schultz advised his parents to see a Catholic priest. Now they're the priest we've got to look out for. There's been a lot of controversy over Catholic priests. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> Let's, not get so into- Let's not get into that though. <laughs> so according to the traditional story, so like of the first, like the first tell of all this, Roland underwent several exorcisms. So not just the one, he went through many, which I will detail. Edward Hughes, a Roman Catholic priest, conducted an exorcism on Roland at Georgetown University Hospital, Jesuit institution. Okay. During the exorcism, the boy allegedly slipped one hand, one of his hands out of the restraints, broke a bed spring from underneath the mattress and used it as an impromptu weapon, slashing the priest's arm and resulting in the exorcism ritual being halted. Uh, the family travelled to St. Louis, where Roland's cousin contacted one of his prof- professors at St. Louis University. Bishop, the very first priest I mentioned, in turn spoke to William S. Bowden. And together, both priests visited Roland in his relative's home, where they allegedly observed a shaking bed flying objects, the boy speaking in guttural voice, and aversion to anything sacred. And in parentheses, I put here, probably just an atheist. This is actually how they convert atheists to their religion. (laughs) 
Bowden was granted permission from the Archbishop to perform another exorcism. So they're going to put him through this is his second... How many second, exorcisms has he had? I think it went up to about four. This isn't like chemotherapy or anything. It's just an exorcism. Like, the, surely it's not that bad. That's... Well, the first exorcism, they had to stop it because he had a fucking weapon. And he's like, cutting people up. So I guess it is pretty bad if he's attacking. Although but also, exactly but also you're a 14-year-old strapped down to a bed with three or like two or three priests around you going throwing water on your face literally throwing water shoving a cross in your face going and they did that at a hospital they did this in a hospital but it was a the a private it was the it was a just jesuit institution so it was not frowned upon it wasn't against their policies it was 1949 (laughs) so imagine being down the hospital right now and just you know looking in the hospital bed next to you and and then someone just like (laughs) just slips a hand out grabs a spring off but like how's he fucking ripping a bed spring off and how do they not see his arm come undone and he's reaching under, <laughs> getting a bed spring, and then just fucking, he like, it's just... a... <laughs> What's the fencing sword? <laughs> fencing with a bed spring. <laughs> Everyone can see my hand movements. <laughs> he goes, does the Z of Zorro for some reason. <laughs> he does the peep for Pazuzu. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it sounded like a sneeze. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they got permission to perform another exorcism. The exorcism took place at the Alexian Brothers Hospital in South St. Louis, Missouri, which was later raised. Raised meaning, it's R-A-Z-E-D, meaning completely destroyed. There's no other documentation besides that's where really? an exorcism what took place. What the hell? Why? don't know why. They must have had secret stuff going on there. Something must have happened. Were these priests there was the creepy a Catholic ones? Priest. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. We figured it out. That's it. He wasn't possessed, he was sexually abused. I feel like a lot of this could be tied back to that. It could be. It sounds like Aunt whatever her name. Aunt Harriet. Aunt Harriet. Do you seem a bit creepy the way you described it? She had a fucking Ouija board. Who has a Ouija board and gets their 14-year-old nephew to come and play with it? We can talk to this great guy I've been seeing. His name's Pazuzu. (laughs) He might be your uncle one day. He really wants to meet you. Old Unc Pazuzu. He's that uncle that comes over and always just gives you a gift card, like a $10 gift card for something. But it's nothing you can even buy. It's like a $10 gift card for BCF and you don't even like BCF. Oh, that is a demonic You ask for an Xbox gift card and he's like, ah, BCF, get you out of the house. He wants you out in the nature so you can contract a virus. So any uncle or auntie that gives you a BCF gift card is Probably Pazuzu. They are Pazuzu. They're not just possessed by He's just going to take human form now as an auntie and uncle. Well, I'm scared. Do you have an auntie or uncle that just gives you a BCF No, I never get presents from my aunties or uncles. So before the next exorcism ritual began, which would be the fourth, I think, exorcism, um, that a 14-year-old boy is going through. I'm just going to emphasize that he's a 14-year-old boy. He's probably got a few hormones raging through his body. He's probably just acting out. He probably just thought, yay, I'm getting some attention. I'm an only child. Next thing you know, he's getting strapped to the bed. He's getting strapped to the bed. There's, like, three Catholic priests in the room. Hey, if that was me, I'd make things fly around the room as well. I don't think it was water that was being thrown on his face. Oh, God, come on. (laughs) 
would not condone that activity. Again, this is an 18 plus podcast. Okay. Anyone under the age of 18, fuck off. And we apologise. No. We do not apologise. <laughs> we do not apologise. <laughs> Another priest, um, Walter Halloran, was called to the psychiatric wing of the hospital where he was asked to assist Bowden. Um, William Van Rue, a third Jesuit priest, was also there to assist. So there's three priests in okay. the room this time. Halloran, I feel like one of them at least has to be a good guy. Halloran told a reporter that after the rite, the Religious Ceremony Act, was over, the anonymous subject of the exorcism, which was Robbie obviously, went on to lead a rather ordinary life. So in, that was in parentheses in the... Oh, so he escaped the influence. So, after the last exorcism, he wasn't possessed anymore, and he went five, on to four exorcisms. Four exorcisms. To be like, oh, no, you're right. You can go. You're all right now. You're a 14-year-old boy. Live your life. Good luck with yeah. all that trauma. Could it have been an actual possession, or was it just teenage angst and rebellion? Because he was an only child. His favorite auntie died, and then all this weird shit started happening after she died, but... Was it actually some kind of spirit thing? I mean, things were flying around the room, so they're documented. Also, there's exactly these the the things I'm about to read are just all the people that are kind of skeptics and are like spirits and demons don't exist, and this is what it was. Yeah. So Thomas B. Allen, the right. guy from the book, um, mentioned in his book that Robbie was just a deeply disturbed boy. Nothing supernatural about him. Supernatural. Wait, that was him. the author. That was the author of the book. That got made into The Exorcist? No. The book um, possessed the true story oh, of an exorcism. Okay. He's gone and said, well, yeah, I'm writing this book, but also I believe that Robbie was just deeply disturbed. Well, he and can that believe he whatever too. he wants. It was a fucking demon. We all know it was Pazuzu. Another author, Mark Opsasnik, he did a piece titled The Cold Hard Facts About the Story That Inspired The Exorcist. He questioned many of the supernatural claims associated with the story, proposing that Roland Doe was simply a spoiled, disturbed bully who threw deliberate tantrums to get attention or to get out of school. I know about you. Did this guy meet Roland? I don't think... No, no. No, no he's just the author. During one of the exorcism, Halloran saw on the boy's body scratch marks and the words hell and Christ carved into him Ew. yeah so that's like another thing where you're like so how if he's just wanting attention why is he going to the extent to mutilate his body why would he be going to the extent of that and i understand some mental illness yes that's what you do i mean if you're going hard on demonic possession and you're not actually <laughs> possessed by a demon you yeah. gotta make things look <laughs> realistic sacrifice yourself a little bit there but you got to think, what are the two things that you would write on yourself if you were faking demonic possession? Pazuzu. Pazuzu, <laughs> exactly. Just scratching into my thigh, Pazuzu. <laughs> you probably, well... They're like, oh, look at this stretch mark, and it's just Pazuzu. <laughs> just, like, stretched into my skin. I'd have just, like, no regrets across my chest scratched in. <laughs> no regrets? Yeah. Obsasnik also reports that Halloran, who was present at the exorcism, never heard the boy's voice change, and he thought the boy merely mimicked Latin words he had heard clergymen say, rather than gaining a sudden ability to speak Latin, because obviously, as we all know, 
That's one of the common things with demonic possessions. They just start speaking fucking Latin. Maybe there's just, like, language trapped in our brains. No, I don't think so. That he's just somehow... He's just gone, ah, spaghetti. (laughs) Spaghetti. (laughs) Because that's that's a great Latin word. That's not Latin. So another sceptic, Joe Nickel, and I was going to try and research a little bit on him, but pretty much this guy's the the biggest major buzzkill of all of the... Mm. He's just a fucking dick. He was the guy that uncovered the truth about Jack the Ripper's diary. One of the most famous serial killers in the world, he just went, oh, the only evidence you have on him, this diary. Yeah, no. Fuck that. It's not evidence. Pretty much. Like, just let us have fun. He's just a buzzkill. He just is the biggest buzzkill. He's one of those... I know everything about everything. I feel like all these people you've listed are professional skeptics. These are professional skeptics. Okay, well, they're going to be skeptical. Yeah. And that's why they're denying everything. They're fucking assholes. I bet if we look up their names, all their work is denials. Yeah, it is. He wrote that there was simply no credible evidence to suggest the boy was possessed by demons or evil spirits and maintains that the symptoms of possession can be childishly simple. To fake. He's laying in the bed. He's rocking it back and forward. He's got multiple tiny strings strings connecting to the roof that sling objects across the room. Right? This is what I was thinking. Because Nicholas dismissed suggestions that supernatural forces made scratches and markings which caused the words to appear on the teenager's boy in unreachable places, saying, A determined youth, probably even without a small mirror, could easily have managed such a feat if it actually occurred. Although the scratched messages proliferated, they never again appeared on a difficult-to-reach portion of the boy's anatomy. So there was no, like, hell and Christ carved in the middle of his back. But why are they looking at his back? <laughs> <laughs> what was that face you just made? Um, oh. Why are they looking at the boy's back? Oop. That's all I'm saying. Maybe start screaming like, ow, my back. <laughs> so pretty much he's saying he was just a little cunt. He was just a little shit. He was just a little trickster. Just somehow throwing furniture around. He's a powerful kid. Very powerful kid. Out of us two, who do you think is more likely to become possessed? I want to say me. I want to say you too. <laughs> okay. I think I'm Glad probably, we clarified that. I think I already am. You know what all these skeptics are? Skeptics. Buzzkills. They're fucking buzzkills. I just want to have fun with this story about Pazuzu and stuff. About Pazuzu. They're killing the vibe. They literally are killing the vibe. That's all they do for... I wonder how their significant others feel. Yeah. Probably always just, like, reading into everything they do. Yeah, like, they probably, you know, they have sex and their wife's like, oh, you literally blew my mind. And he's like, oh, figuratively. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, fuck you then. (laughs) Never commenting on your sexual ability again. I wonder if any other movies have had about, particularly about, like, um, demons or possession or things along that line say like the conjuring episodes episodes movies movies and things the like whole that conjuring universe have, universe <laughs> i wonder if they have had things happen to the cast 
stuff like that, which is something I'm going to look up right now. Well, actually, the woman in The Conjuring, she plays one of the the people. The that, Warrens? Yeah. The, yeah. the woman, Warren. Yep. <laughs> um, she got scratches on her when filming one of the movies. Really? Yeah, she woke up and she had scratches all over her. Ooh. Mm-hmm. From Valak. Probably. Oh, don't say her fucking name. I hate it. It's particularly amazing to me that both The Conjuring and The Exorcist are the two films that really frighten you to the point where you wake up in the middle of the night screaming or you scream during your sleep and, like, hit me. Me? Oh, you're talking about me? I do this too. I thought you were saying in general it makes people do this. No, you. Me, yes. And yet you consistently watch these movies. I love being scared. I think it's a type of adrenaline rush. Right. Yeah. I don't get that from any of these movies. Like an adrenaline rush from it all? No. I just like, think you just don't get scared? Like the other night when we were watching Hereditary. Oh! And you, were <laughs> you were like, oh no, oh no! Like, it's not a jump scare, like, ah! It's you staring at the screen, shouting, oh no, oh no, oh no! Like a five second long oh no spiel. And I'm just staring at like, what? <laughs> It's just like a naked guy, some smiling naked guy. It's pretty <laughs> That's creepy. fucking creepy. It is creepy. But at the same time, I was just looking at it like, that's weird and creepy. But you're just like, oh, no. It's a smiling naked guy just standing there. <laughs> if you're not going, oh, no. <laughs> Come on. That's the point where you walk away. You run. You get out. You don't go up the fucking treehouse. You keep running. So anyways, bringing it back to <laughs> Conjuring after that little oh no spiel. Um, apparently the lead actress, I just looked it up, got in two instances three vertical gashes. Yeah. You know what three vertical gashes looks incredibly a lot like, right? There's like the Latin symbol for like, oh, not Latin. It's some different language, but there's a symbol for the beast like the devil, essentially, yeah. which is three vertical uh, scratches. It's pretty much like the monster energy can symbol. It is the monster energy can symbol. There. Monster energy click it, drink? Click it, click it, click it. Monster energy drink. No, you see this alphabet. Oh. It's the number six, so three gashes. Six, six, six. Exactly. Whether That's or not- what monster energy drink is? Yeah, that's one monster. So what's that in? What language is that, though? I don't know. I believe it's... Maybe Hebrew? Yeah, maybe. It looks... Well, it's not English. I mean, that's the only thing that I could imagine. I mean, that's my... (laughs) That's my conspiracy I'm coming up with. These three gashes are like the mark of the beast, like 666 on her. Well, it makes sense, especially if they're three vertical ones and they kind of look like the monster energy drink symbol. But... I I don't know, I'm theorising they look like that. But let's not take away from the fact that she has said that in two occasions she has received three scratches across her body after filming a movie. It's Hebrew, it's Hebrew. Hebrew. So if, I guess the moral of the story really is don't work on horror movies. Yeah, no. If I ever get the chance to work on a horror movie and become super rich and famous, I won't do it. Unless it's not based off a true story. (laughs) 
Is paranormal activity based off true no, stories? No, surely not. No. That's so basic. So basic. Like, I've experienced worse stuff than in paranormal activity. In uh, your true life? Yeah. It's what? been a while since I've ex- watched paranormal activity. Yeah, it's just like a door closing. A camera falling down. Someone asleep walking. How'd that? You've slept walked? Yeah, not while possessed, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> How do you know you weren't possessed, though? Good point. Good point, indeed. Anyways, I think that's probably about where it wraps up for this first thing. We went on a bit of a tangent at the end A little bit of a there, tangent, but... but yeah, thanks for um, coming along with us on this wild ride of the first episode. It may be a bit all over the place, but as we progress and make more episodes, we will Hopefully improve. Hopefully better. Hopefully there's a structure. Oh, Speaking of The Conjuring, next week, uh, we are sort of taking turns to pick topics for our discussion and whatnot, and next week I have picked something related to The Conjuring. Oh. So I hope you look forward to that. I know you're probably not going to be looking forward to that. Is it about Valak? I can't deny or confirm that. After we watched, was it The Conjuring 2, Valak was in The Conjuring 2? Yes. After we watched that, do you remember I went up and I went to the toilet and then I had this weird feeling when I was coming back to your room, I could not turn around. Like and I you had, sprinted to my room. I, I walked very briskly to I would room. say you ran. I almost slammed your door shut behind me yes. and I jumped into bed. And then I, I kept feeling like there was something behind my head when I was sleeping and I could not sleep and I was tossing, turning and flinching all night. And then your hand touched me at one point and I fucking freaked out and you forearmed me to the neck so now you want to do that story the, no, that conjuring I story can't, well i can't confirm or deny that it is valak it could be something else from the conjuring universe Denial. and that's where we'll end so you don't get any more information on what we're doing next week okay <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to follow us on instagram thanks for listening to our first ever episode of you me and a poltergeist our Instagram is also at Yumi and Poltergeist. You can find us there where we will regularly post about our things. About our podcast. I think we might include um, pictures that go with the podcast as well so you know like who we're talking about, like what they look like and shit like that. I don't know. Maybe some little polls where we can get suggestions on what topic you want to hear next. Yeah, comment and let us know. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Are you welcome? <laughs> You're welcome. You to looked them. at me as you said it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see ya. All right, goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.